Well, March Madness is in the books. It's now baseball, softball, and yes, football spring practice. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, the best way to get all the information and opinions that you want on the Big 12 Conference. We had a great March, actually our second best month ever on the website, so I want to Thank you guys for that, for being loyal readers and followers of heartlandcollegesports.com. And by the way, uh, this show is airing on multiple radio stations. It also is, of course, on the podcast. And if you're on the podcast, great way to get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you that koozie in the mail. So let's just, uh, there's a lot I want to touch on. Bob Bowlesby's retiring uh, sometime this year or leaving the Big 12 sometime this year. So I want to talk about that, his legacy. But let me just touch on uh, the KU game as they win the national championship. Second straight year for the Big 12, beating UNC on Monday night. Kansas came on at the right time. It, whoever wins the NCAA tournament is not necessarily the best team over the whole season we know that that's par for the course in March Madness it's called March Madness for a reason but what Kansas had going for it is that their guys started clicking at the right time you know I remember going to uh, the Kansas Oklahoma game a Saturday in February and they had to come back to win that game against the Oklahoma Sooners and I was at the game uh, with my father-in-law at Allen Fieldhouse and we're driving back and I'm listening to uh the post-game press conference on the radio. And Bill Self is just laying into you know his guys. Now, he's got a top-10 team. They won the game. And he is just laying into his guys. And, you know, we're listening like, geez, tough crowd today for Bill. Well, that's because Bill Self knew what the potential was of this team. He knew if this thing clicked like it could click, they could be national champs. And it clicked at the perfect time. And it clicked because Dwan Harris started scoring. Remy Martin obviously became the sixth man off the bench who could drop you 15 to 20 points. McCormick, uh, we didn't know if this guy was going to play in the Big 12 tournament because of his foot. He looked as healthy as he looked all year. And then Ochai Agbaji was just, you know, the best player, most consistent player on the team the entire season. And then you got more production from guys like Mitch Lightfoot coming off the bench as well. Uh, K.J. Adams giving you solid defense, you know, a few minutes a game. Those were the kind of things that all came together really around the start of the Big 12 tournament that led to him winning the Big 12 tournament and then, of course, from there going on to win the national championship. And that's the name of the game in college basketball. You don't want to peak too early. You want to peak at the right time. And, you know, when you go back and you look at what Kansas did this year, They lost back-to-back games. They lost at Baylor by 10, and then lost at TCU on a Tuesday night. Two games on the road. And after that, they never lost again. They went on to beat TCU two nights later. Then they beat Texas in overtime. Remember that game on a Saturday to wrap up the regular season. They won three straight, obviously, to win the Big 12 tournament. And then, uh, you know, to win the NCAA championship, March Madness, they won six in a row. So you go back six, three, and two, you're talking about 11 straight wins to end the season. And it came after back-to-back losses against 
Baylor and TCU. And then, you know, it just started to click as we got into March, middle of March. And before you know it, they were national champs. So uh, that's the story. And for the Big 12, you know, this is the best basketball conference in America. And frankly, Oklahoma and Texas leaving won't drastically change that. Houston's coming in. They almost made a Final Four again, right? I mean, that's going to be a huge lift on the basketball side with what Kelvin Sampson's doing down there at Houston. Uh, Oklahoma has had its moments. They've been to a Final Four in recent memory. But, I mean, my goodness. And I said it a couple of weeks ago. OU was the one seed in the NIT, and nobody was showing up to the games in Norman. It's just it's football first, second, and third. Texas has the same problems. Right. And I think Chris Beard's going to do good things. I'm not saying this to knock OU in Texas. It will be a major loss for the conference. I'm not downplaying that or I'm not going to sugarcoat that. But just from a pure basketball perspective, uh, this league is going to be in very good shape. And I think it will be in football, too. But, you know, we're talking about basketball. And I think there's a lot that is going to be brought to the table by uh, these four new programs. And the loss for OU in Texas is obviously huge on the football side but less so on the basketball side. And that is what has made this conference so much fun over the last several years, but especially this year and and last year when this team was clearly the best conference, or this conference was clearly the best in the nation. There's no doubt about it. And for a third straight uh, NCAA tournament, you had a Big 12 team in the finals going back to Tech in 2019. 2020 was obviously canceled. Baylor wins the championship last year. And then you've got, uh, of course, Kansas winning it this year. So congratulations to the Kansas Jayhawks and everything they accomplished and the national championship staying, staying, yes, in the Big 12. How about that? Uh, The other big news, I mean, really the biggest news this week outside of Kansas winning the national title is Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner. He is going to be stepping away as Big 12, stepping down as Big 12 commissioner sometime later this year. The announcement came down on Tuesday, the day after Kansas won the national championship, and it came out and it basically said Bowlesby's going to stay as commissioner until his successor is appointed, at which point he will transition into a new interim role and is subject to a mutual agreement of when that role ends between Bowlesby and, yes, the new commissioner. Bowlesby said in a press release, after more than 40 years of serving in leadership roles in intercollegiate athletics, including the last 10 with the Big 12, and given the major issues that college sports in general and the Big 12 specifically will address in the next several years, I've reached a natural transition point in my tenure as commissioner as well as in my career. Now, the timing's perfect. Before I defend Bob Bowlesby, which is going to seem crazy to some of you, The timing's perfect. Before the four new teams get in here, let the new person get their feet wet. Let them get comfortable for six months to a year. And then you've got a new commissioner with the new teams coming in, and you have the kind of good flow and transition that you want. I mean, if Bowlesby's looking at the end anyway, and he's like, yeah, I could do this for another couple of years. Well, if you do it for another couple of years, then you're one year into these four teams, four new teams, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF being in the league. And then you got to do a new search with four new teams in the league with, by the way, Oklahoma and Texas likely still being in the league because they're not leaving until 2025. That creates a cluster. It's a great way to cause division very early in a marriage. 
And that's what these conferences are. They're long-term marriages. There's ups and there's downs and there's ebbs and there's flows. So get the new guy in, get him going, have Bowlesby make that transition, and then you're off to the races when the four new teams come in, which is expected to be next football season, 2023, fall of 2023. So it makes all the sense in the world. Now, for Bob Bowlesby in particular, I, I, I see all the social media fodder and feedback. Oh, thank goodness, Bowlesby's out of here. Oh, boy, that, he needed to go. That guy stunk as commissioner. He let OU and Texas walk out the door. They blindsided him. Here's what I'll say about Bob Bowlesby. Is it fair to critique the fact that Oklahoma and Texas bailed on this conference and by the way, it came weeks after, like two weeks after Big 12 Media Days, or might have been a week after Big 12 Media Days, when Bob Bowlesby literally stood up there on the podium and said, boy, I'm glad we're not talking about realignment for the first time in forever. And then a week later, Oklahoma and Texas at leaks are out. They're going to the SEC. Does it make Bowlesby look like there's not a lot of respect for him? Yes, it does. It's a bad look. No doubt about it, it's a bad look. All right? It, it, it makes him look like the people in the conference don't respect him. But if you look at the tenure of Bob Bowlesby and you look at, you know, what he has been through over the last 10 years, overall, I think that Bowlesby, Bowlesby's tenure should be looked at fondly. Should be looked at at one of success. All right, because in the end, Oklahoma and Texas, I don't know if there's anybody that Oklahoma and Texas would have listened to. I don't know if there's any commissioner who would have garnered the respect of Oklahoma and Texas if they were going to leave for the SEC. It's not like Oklahoma and Texas came to the Big 12 and said, hey, we need X, Y, and Z from you. And Bowlesby was like, no, 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 no. Go to the SEC, have fun. This literally blindsided everybody. It was going to happen no matter what Bob Bowlesby did or who was in Bob Bowlesby's seat. It didn't matter. And it wasn't going to matter. So to put that at the feet of Bob Bowlesby and say, this guy screwed this conference and we almost got blown up again because of Bob Bowlesby. No, you can say that about Dan Beebe, the former commissioner who preceded Bowlesby. That guy uh, did a bad job managing the egos. He kowtowed probably too much to Texas and that pissed off Nebraska and everybody else and A&M and everybody else who ended up leaving. That was Dan Beebe's problem. You can't say that about Bob Bowlesby. Uh, Yes. I mean, we all know Oklahoma and Texas ran the conference. And frankly, as I've said on the show, to be fair, it's understandable. They were the two biggest brands. They have a little more say than fill in the blank in the big 12. That's just the reality of college athletics and the money that's involved. It's not an insult to any other school. It's just the reality. So that's that's just how it is. But I don't think Bob Bowlesby bent over backwards for Oklahoma and Texas. I think, you know, they probably had a bit of a louder voice on certain issues. But did he, did he bow to them? Like BB and some of the, you know, folks who used to run the Big 12 and were heavily involved in those decision makings did? No, I don't think he did. And Bob Bowlesby, was he reactive, a little too reactive at times? You want to make that case? Sure, sure. But when the Big 12 was looking at expanding a few years ago, 
before they expanded here last year. That didn't make sense at that time. And the big reason for that, Oklahoma and Texas didn't really want to expand. So you can't sit here and rewrite history and say, if OU and Texas had expanded back in 2016 or 2017, OU and Texas would have never left. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. I believe they would have left no matter what this conference looked like. And then, by the way, when they did leave, Bowlesby went to war with ESPN. He called out ESPN. He did not cater to ESPN. He did not kiss ESPN's butt. He fought back. He called them out. And he said the right things at that time. And then what did he do? They moved quickly. And they got, I thought, four great brands. You're not replacing Oklahoma and Texas. We all know that. And, you you know, unless you were going to get a Clemson or a Florida State to leave the ACC, which was always a long shot and wasn't going to happen, Bowlesby kept these eight teams together in the Big 12, told them, hey, we're better off together adding four brands, and they bring in BYU, an absolutely outstanding national independent brand, who I believe culturally is a great fit for the Big 12, Houston, who's worked hard to get into a Power 5 conference, is willing to spend the money on big-time athletics to make it happen and is becoming, as I understand it, less of a commuter school. So, you know, those are the things you want to see happen for Houston. Great. Bring them on in. Cincinnati gets you into the Ohio Valley in the Big Ten country. Uh, You know, ask Matt Campbell how much he likes recruiting the Ohio Valley at Iowa State. A lot of talent there. It gets the Big 12 into Big Ten country. Very good move. I like that. And then you get into SEC country with UCF, the biggest undergraduate population in the United States. You get into SEC country, you get into the talent-rich, rapidly growing state of Florida, and you get a team that, you know, you could make a case with Power 5 money, could be right up there. I'm not going to say it's Florida, but, you know, Florida's been down. Here, uh, you know, on and off, they have not been what they've been since Urban Meyer. Yeah, Dan Mullen had some good years, but, you know, they haven't been what Florida fans would expect them to be since Urban Meyer. And, you know, Florida State, yes, won a national title with Jimbo and Jameis Winston, but that's going on, what, decade now? So UCF can suddenly become, I'm not saying it's happening overnight, but they can become absolutely one of the best programs in the Sunshine State. Miami's down. Why not UCF? Gus Malzahn's doing a good job. So he did a lot of good things, did it the right way, brought back the championship game. Okay, maybe they should have had that from the get-go. But uh, and, and the one thing I'll say is I think the conference was late on embracing the one true champion moniker and logo. I was saying that years ago on this podcast, on the show, uh, before the Big 12 kind of said, hey, we're the only conference with a round robin. Let's brag about that. So, yes, there are things they could have done better. But that's a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking as well. Overall, I think Bob Bowlesby's tenure should be viewed at fondly by Big 12 fans. And I know some of you are going to hate that, but I will stand by it. Now, who's next? Who's going to replace Bob Bowlesby? We'll dive into that coming up next. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Pete Mundo continuing with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 Digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you each and every week. So uh, Bob Bowlesby is hanging him up. The Big 12 commissioner is retiring. The question is, who's going to replace him? 
Well, our guy Matthew Postens put together a great list on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. Nine potential replacements for Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. And I'm sure there's going to be more than that considered. But here are some of the names that he brought up. Uh, Oliver Luck, who has uh, been an AD at West Virginia. He's run a pro sports franchise. Uh, He's run the NCAA's regulatory committee. He's served on the college football playoff committee. I mean, he is as well-connected as it gets. And obviously, he's got Big 12 ties when it comes to West Virginia. So, and by the way, the Big 12 did hire Oliver Luck. This came down, uh, this was like late last summer, that he was hired by the Big 12 as a consultant. So, was that a way for him to kind of get a better feel for what it's like to, you know, be the next commissioner? I don't know, but it was an interesting hire at the time. It was a great hire, and he obviously makes sense. The other name, speaking of West Virginia ties, is uh, current AD there, Shane Lyons. Just a guy who has, uh, you know, worked as an associate commissioner. He did that for the ACC for a decade. Associate AD at Alabama. That led to the West Virginia job. So he's trained to handle a conference. Also, you've got Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne. You want to hurt the SEC? Hire away the league's top AD. All right. There's something to look, uh, look at. And maybe the Big 12, you know, can steal some stuff from the SEC. You've got Big 12 Executive Associate Commissioner Ed Stewart, internal candidate, worked for the Big 12 for 15 years, runs the league show when it comes to football and everything else, and, um, you know, he's got maybe the inside knowledge on things. Other names that are popping up here, uh, Baylor AD Mac Rhodes. Now, he just signed a 10-year contract extension with Baylor, done an outstanding job there. I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, his name is out there. Uh, Oregon AD Rob Mullins. Spent 12 years there at Oregon running the athletic department. He's been on the college football playoff committee. Uh, has Big 12 ties. Both his degrees are from West Virginia. Uh, but would you really leave Oregon? I don't know. Uh, Washington AD Jennifer Cohen. She's been at Washington for six years. Uh, kind of remade it with solid coaching hires. Big time fundraiser. She did some time in Texas Tech's athletic department. But, you know, she's from Tacoma, Washington, so she might just feel like she's finally settled in and is home, so to speak. Uh, West Coast Commissioner Gloria Navarez. She's considered a rising star. She was a finalist to run the Pac-12 Conference a couple of years ago. And uh, while the West Coast Conference doesn't have football, she was an associate commissioner for the Pac-12 and a senior associate athletic director at Oklahoma Another name Matthew is looking at here is Colorado AD Rick George. He was with the Texas Rangers baseball team before joining Colorado. He's raised $100 million for the athletic department. And we'll see what his ambitions are, if any. But those are just some of the names to watch. I'm sure there'll be others as well who will pop up in this uh, search to be the next Big 12 commissioner. Here's what I would say the Big 12 also should do. I'm not saying this person has to get the job. But. The Pac-12 hasn't done much right. The one thing they did do right is the hiring of George Klievkov as their new commissioner. This is a guy who has deep, deep experience on the TV side of things. Right? That's his background, media. And in this new world order that we're looking at, uh, having somebody that knows media provides a lot of value, and that's what George Klyakov does for the Pac-12. 
You look at this guy's background, and he co-led the largest and most profitable division at Hearst Entertainment and Syndication, overseeing Hearst's interest in cable television networks, including ESPN, A&E, Lifetime, and History. Prior to the Pac-12, he was uh, heavily involved with MGM. All right? I mean, that's, that's where he came from. He was the president of entertainment and sports for MGM. So looking outside the box at somebody like that is something the Big 12 should very much consider uh, and, and look at someone with that kind of experience and background as they move ahead. Because after 2025, it's going to be new TV contract time. What does that look like? Who are the players? How do we want to brand this league? Who's going to be involved in the conversation? Who's going to ultimately bid on the Big 12? Those are big questions that will determine the future of the league. And having somebody with that kind of a background, I'm not saying it's necessary, but you should definitely look at somebody with that maybe non-traditional background to be the next Big 12 commissioner. I'm Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Good to be here with you. Always appreciate you joining the show. Hey, don't forget, leave a rating and a review. We'll give you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave a rating and a review and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get that koozie right in the mail. All right, it's a great way of saying thank you guys for leaving those ratings and reviews on iTunes. It'll take you literally a minute, and uh, then we'll get you that koozie in the mail. Thank you guys for all you do supporting this show, and uh, we are grateful that you join us every single week. Hit that subscribe button as well, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.